The power utility has announced that it will be implementing stage two rotational load shedding from nine this morning until 11 p.m. tonight. Now, the power utility says that this is in order to protect the power system from total collapse. In a statement, Eskom says that the power supply constraint is caused by five generating units that are unavailable due to boiler tube leaks, among other things. Of course, uh, we also have a power uh, expert, uh, Ted Blum. Blom uh, speaking to us about this particular matter. So I believe we have Ted Blom up first. So let's start with him. Uh, Mr. Blom, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon. Please call me Ted. Uh, Ted, like when you in September spoke about uh, the possibility of uh, ESCOM basically running out of coal to supply power, what was that based on? Okay, the fact of the matter is I did a base load um, um, research for ESCOM. They paid me for it. Uh, in 2007, where I pointed out that from 2015, if they don't open up new coal mines, uh, they will be running out of coal. And uh, 2015 came and went, and because of the recessions we had in 2009 and 2013, that date was out by about a year, year and a half. The fact of the matter is it's now more than 10 years later, and ESCOM hasn't opened up one new coal mine. So they are at the mercy of whatever is available in Pumalanga. Uh, the baseload coal uh, availability is now down to zero. So let's talk about that for a moment, because we are hearing quite a bit of talk around the fact that, you know, we need to be producing cleaner energy, and therefore there doesn't seem to be an appetite to open any new coal mines. But in the immediate term, what would the repercussions of that be on the power grid and on South Africa? Okay, so if, 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 if this had happened yesterday, uh, we would have been even worse off. We'd probably been at stage C load shedding. Because yesterday, you'll recall, it was a blustery day. There was very little wind around and, and certainly very little sunshine. So the bottom line is, if you want to go renewable or any of the alternatives to coal or nuclear, uh, it's not dispatchable power. So you're at the mercy of what God gives you. Uh, and and you can, cannot run an economy, certainly not a mining economy and a smelting economy, on non-dispatchable power. You need certainty that at whatever hour you've got uh, power scheduled to be available. As far as coal is concerned, I agree with you. I don't want to live in a polluted environment. I don't want my children to grow up in a polluted environment. The way that coal is supposed to be run for, 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 uh, uh, is not the way that Eskom runs it. I can take you to power stations overseas where you'll be next to the power station and you won't realize it. There should be zero emissions uh, or visible emissions from a power station, and all the rest should be very much controlled. And unfortunately, Eskom, because it's broken down and, 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 and failing, it's, it's just doing what, what all the wrong things. It's not ticking the right boxes at all. It's emitting terrible pollution. It's, it's, uh, it's just not being run in a sustainable manner. And I've done a sustainability report. And before we close off, I'd like to just touch on that as well. Please go ahead. Please go ahead, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand okay. this. And also in their statement, Eskom uh, talking about the Madupi power station and how um, on uh, Saturday, the 12th of uh, October, uh, somehow there was a problem with the conveyor belt there and uh, uh, the coal basically was not supplied. OK, so, I mean, that is peculiar to Madupi and that speaks to redundancy of these systems. Uh, unfortunately, before you go ahead there, Ted, sorry for interjecting. How are we talking about the redundancy of systems at Madupi, which is a new plant? OK, so a lot of the systems that should have been built into the system because of the corruption have not been built.
So the redundancy factor at Madrupi is shocking, and, and that's why they only have an availability of below 60%. Uh, it's really the shoddiest power station probably in the world. Uh, second only to Kusili, uh, which is an availability of only 20%. Uh, and both those power stations are going to end up more than 10 times more expensive than the world's bank average for a similar power station. So you're talking about rotten corruption. It's still ongoing at Eskom, and that's the reason why we're being held to ransom with the coal. They haven't, uh, they deliberately haven't built the coal uh, collieries uh, because they wanted to push the price up and, and kickbacks and all the rest. As far as the redundancy report that I, I, I referred to, I, together with one of the international uh, uh, turnaround artists, have done a full redundancy report for, uh, amongst others, the international financial institutions, and that points out that Eskom is so big in the hole. Uh, the whole is 3 trillion rand, of which 1,4 has already been blown through corruption and so on, and it will take another 1,7 trillion rand to fix Eskim up to into a sustainable operation. Uh, that is to fix Madupi, fix Kusili, sort out the coal problem, sort out the water problem, which you're not even aware of, uh, and, and sort out the headcount uh, issues, etc., etc., and do the backlog maintenance that hasn't been done properly since 2010. Eskim has been an accident waiting to happen. Unfortunately, the powers of PDSM should be charged with treason because they've put this whole economic economy of Southern Africa at risk, and they're getting away with it. And similarly, I think since uh, Eskom has been uh, nationalised in 2001, we need to hold government responsible as well because they should have been aware of, of our treacherous things are Eskom. And, and and just staying on the coal and coal supply for a minute. Um, there was an article in the Mail and Guardian that spoke to uh, the overspending at Eskom and the fact that Eskom uh, could have saved 10 billion rand over the next six years had they negotiated a better deal with suppliers, but they failed to do that. What more can you tell us about that situation? Well, ma'am, that's been ongoing since 2001. Uh, when Eskom announced its first emergency mandate, that gave Eskom officials, corrupt Eskom officials, a mandate to do coal purchases without tenders. And you find that as a result of that, certain people are receiving more than double the, what the going rate for coal is. And that unfortunately also includes certain political animals who previously had a big go at me, um, but they've been sucking that heat for more than 10 years, where certain political people are getting up to 200 rand a ton more for their coal than you and I can get for our coal. So what's the solution? How do we dig Eskom out of this hole? Well, ma'am, I think, firstly, it's in such a big mess, it's not a one-man job. So for Eskom to tell you, or the politicians to tell you, don't worry, in a week's time we're going to appoint the CEO. Uh, God bless the CEO, but it's not a one-man job to fix uh, Eskom. When I previously worked at Eskom, I ran the fixed department. I had 17 postgrads working with me of all colors and all disciplines. And even we had, uh, even though Eskom was well-run in those days, uh, we had our job cut out for us. Eskom is now so broken that I think without a team of at least 15 qualified people with deep experience as to what should be happening at Eskom uh, is required to fix this thing up. It's not going to happen overnight. It's a five-year project uh, because it will take five years to build your first new coal mine, and uh, it's going to take a lot of money. As my sustainability report, of which I was fortunate to have uh, been honored to, to be part of, you will need about 1.7 trillion rand. Treasury doesn't have that money. Treasury will be out of cash by December, I'm told, and, uh, and, and they can't feed us, keep on feeding Eskom. So something else needs to break or intervene, and uh, I think it's only, only uh, rescue can be from the international fraternity.
Well, uh, Ted Blom, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Energy analyst uh, Ted Blom talking to us about uh, this particular matter. And it, it just sends off alarm bells if you look at all the headlines around the ESCOM situation. Business Unity South Africa, BUSA, they've released a statement um, uh, st- saying that, you know, there's urgent need for decisive action on ESCOM and uh, the energy policy. And of course, um, the integrated energy plan is to be tabled before cabinet this week and uh, the president made mention of that uh, during his uh, London visit, uh, his UK visit, I should say. So we wait to hear, I believe that may be today or so. We will wait to hear because I think everybody's very interested at this time. Meanwhile, in a statement, uh, the Democratic Alliance has described ESCOM as an empty shell that is completely incapable of delivering on its mandate to deliver reliable and sustainable provision of electricity. So for more on this, we join on the line now by the Democratic Alliance's Shadow Minister of Public Enterprises, Natasha Mazzoni. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon, Ms. Mazzoni. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. So, firstly, when I heard about the load shedding this morning, I was immediately reminded of the letter to um, ESCOM, to Jabu Mabuza in Parliament, where you asked the question specifically about load shedding. If you could just please, you know, bring our listeners into the fray with regard to that. So about two weeks ago, I was reliably informed that ESCOM had started uh, informing the bigger municipalities that they, they were entering a period of emergency status and that the municipalities should start readying themselves for a bout of rolling blackouts. I don't like to work on speculation, so I thought, let me do the right thing. And I, I wrote a letter to the uh, acting CEO, Mr. Jabu Mabuza, and I asked him to please give us clarity as to whether or not we could expect to enter into a period of rolling blackouts. I got a reply almost immediately to say that there was absolutely no planned uh, outages for the month of September or October or for the foreseeable future, and that although the electricity grid was tight, it was completely maintainable. ESCOM then went on to actually release quite a few statements in which um, they insinuated that I was lying and they were insinuating that uh, it, was, it was a bit of fear-mongering going on, which, you know, I, I, I didn't really appreciate, but it's the nature of the beast. And, uh, you know, here we are today. We, we know for a fact um, ESCOM uh, has had a discussion with the media, various media platforms this morning, to say that on Saturday. They already knew that the conveyor belt at Nadupi was broken, so they knew we, we were going into an emergency situation. Last night, there is absolutely no chance that ESCOM did not know they would have to enter into a period of, of blackouts today to maintain the grid to avoid a national shutdown. But the South African public were informed three hours before the first bout of rolling blackouts started this morning. So what this means, just to give you an example, is that... The matric students writing their CAT exams today, which require electricity to run the computers, have now been unable to write those exams because there's been no, there's been no backup. No municipality has been given the chance to put backup uh, plans in place because ESCOM assured us that we would not be entering into rolling blackouts once again. We have hospitals that haven't got their generators full of diesel, and we have small and medium enterprises that literally go day to day in the purchasing of their products who have now been unable to purchase dry ice or anything of that kind to keep their produce fresh. They will not have enough money tomorrow to purchase the goods they need to sell for their everyday operation. So this this goes to show the enormity and why ESCOM is such a threat to the South African economy 
because it goes so much further than just an irritation of flipping a light switch on and off or not being able to watch TV. It goes to the very lifeblood of our entrepreneurial, small and medium enterprises. It goes to our manufacturing sector. It goes to the fact that mines are having to shut down shafts. It has such wide implications. And we cannot ignore the fact that ESCOM was given ample opportunity to warn the South African public. They chose not to. They chose to vilify those who asked the right questions, who asked the questions from the right person. Are we going to enter into a period of rolling blackout, yes or no? Instead of vilifying people, what they should have done is they should have informed us that the situation was at critical levels and that way municipalities could have put plans in place. The way it stands now, someone at ESCOM owes the South African public a most sincere apology and quite frankly, their job should be taken away from them immediately because clearly the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing. Also what worries me tremendously is the fact that when we had our state catcher inquiry into ESCOM, it came out that there were bouts of load shedding that could have been avoided, but they were actually forced they were actually forcibly placed on the South African public to ensure that certain coal bills would go through. So in other words, it was created load shedding. And I'm not saying that that's what's happening now, but it is an unbelievable coincidence that we now enter into a period of rolling blackouts. Just when ESCOM is taking Mercer to, to court to, because they want a, a higher tariff increase, and just when Parliament is about to pass the appropriation bill, which gives an obscene bailout to the failing entity. Are you suggesting that ESCOM may be using these rolling blackouts as a bargaining tool for more money? I am suggesting that we mustn't rule out the fact that the South African public, yet again, are being used as pawns in a very dangerous chess game. So the DA has also indicated that it has a plan to stabilize and secure South Africa's power supply. Tell us about that plan. So what I've done is I've tabled a bill called the EMO bill, which is colloquially known as the cheaper electricity bill. And what this bill will do is we'll see the separation of ESCOM into two entities. Now, the grid is a national asset, and as such, it should remain a national asset of South Africa. We understand that. So ESCOM would would then, the the grid would then remain a, a South African asset. But the generation capacity and the maintenance capacity would then be privatized. What this would do is it would create uh, foreign investment in our country. People would come in. It would create a competitive market where people would be able to to, uh, apply themselves in in a free market system. And it means that you and I would be able to choose what electricity we purchase. If we wanted green electricity, if we wanted coal, if we wanted nuclear. And what it would mean is it would diversify our energy market. It would secure our energy supply. And most importantly for South Africa, it would dramatically drive down the price of electricity.